Welcome, everybody, to a, a special podcast, a Christmas podcast from me to you and yours. Um, this one is a, a very personal podcast for me. I'm going to share some of the, the deepest of moments and feelings with regards to what Christmas is. Um, having grown up in Hackensack, New Jersey, um, to Roman Catholic parents, I was a strong believer in everything Christmas is and was about. Um, I am proud to say I believed in Santa Claus and was the kid who sat by the window looking for that sleigh to come every year. And, of course, I never actually saw Santa come into my house, as no child really does. But being luckier than many, many children in the world and adults alike, Santa always seemed to come. And looking back now, I am unbelievably grateful that I was one of the houses that he visited. And as I grew older um, and life changed in my teen years, um, the Christmas and its meaning started to change. And unfortunately for me, uh, I endured some difficulties in life. And as I got into my later teen years and through my early 20s, I became the Grinch. Um, I lost my way, um, stopped understanding what Christmas was about, uh, what family and friends were about because I was going through my own difficulties in life. And there was a big patch of my life that Christmas was looked on with just absolute dread. I didn't like the shopping, the decorating, the everything having to do with Christmas. I, I was as big of a Grinch as you can possibly imagine, which was such a change from what Christmas was to me when I was younger. And then I was fortunate enough to have an, an epiphany in my mid-20s, something that changed my life in general forever. And for all I know, it was a dream. Um, I honestly believe that someone from my past came and spoke to me. And that night... I woke up and, and started to change my life, um, I, and I started to pursue a dream that I'd put aside and forgotten since I was a child, and again, it it's all seemed to go together, you know, that that childhood innocence and, and believing, and then life hit me, and I lost my way, and then I had this vision, visit that seemed to change things for me. And a couple of years later, I remember this one Christmas where I watched the childhood. Um, it's not really a cartoon, but the, with the, the puppet Santa Claus is coming to town um, with Fred Astaire narrating as um, the, the mailman. And I'm sure most of you that have seen the cartoon know what I'm talking about or seen this Christmas show know what I'm talking about. And there was a moment that really hit me unlike any other moment in a Christmas special and, and 
It's a Wonderful Life brings tears to my eyes just about every year that I watch it. But in this situation, it was the point where Chris Kringle gives the Winter Warlock a choo-choo train for a gift. And the Winter Warlock has his icy heart melt. And it leads to a moment where the Winter Warlock says to Chris Kringle, you know, will this last? It's very difficult to really change. And that leads to the song, Put One Foot in Front of the Other. And there is a moment in that song where it says, changing is as easy as taking your first step. And for whatever reason, at that moment, and I was in my early 30s watching this Christmas show, this child's Christmas show by myself, I heard that and completely lost it. Unbelievable emotional breakdown because I saw in my life the change from going from a, a, a depression and a sadness and an anger towards this happy, joyous holiday that was bringing family together, bringing friends together, this moment of happiness that I, I looked on with such disdain for so long. And then there was a moment in my life and I, I took that first step and everything seemed to flow from there. And sure enough, every year I see Santa Claus coming to town and I, I watch that moment and no one in the room realizes, but I'm fighting back tears and getting choked up because it really had an unbelievable impact on me. And from that moment on, I treated Christmas completely different. I made sure to make Christmas week an unbelievably special time for me to really enjoy it. And I made a commitment that when it came to work, the week of Christmas, regardless of whether it landed on a Friday or a Wednesday, I would make sure to take off from work. I would check in the office here and there, but I didn't want to go into work. I wanted to spend my time really enjoying that week. And I became, according to family members, one of the best gift givers there was. I would, if there was something wrapped in a, in a small box that could be held in your hand, I would wrap that small box and then put it in a giant box surround it with tissue paper and then wrap the giant box so that the person I was giving the gift to could never try to guess what was in the box. Sometimes I would put the small box inside of a bigger box, wrap that box, put that inside of a bigger box and almost like a Russian doll. So the person was opening four or five boxes before getting to the actual present. I would wrap just everything individually and, and just to see the happiness on people's faces and unwrapping things and, even it was if it was the most goofy of gifts, um, I would make sure to wrap it and put it in a stocking or, or somewhere just to, to be able to watch someone unwrap a gift. And one of my favorite things about this time of year is once I've purchased everyone's gift that was on my list and I crossed off the last name, I would try to do that as soon as possible before the Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve so that. I had one more day 
to be able to go to the place that people seem to hate the most, the mall, and walk through the mall and poke my head in different stores, not because I had to buy anybody anything, but at that point, if something jumped off a shelf and reminded me of somebody that that year touched my life in a certain way, I would pick that thing up for them. And most of the times it was just the, the most simple of things, usually 10 bucks or less. But just that reminder of what that person did. And, you know, when, when you don't have a list in your mind and you don't have to look down, did I get this person? This? So it wasn't about you know, getting the person what they wanted. It wasn't about getting the person what they needed anymore. At that point, it was just walking through a store, listening to the Christmas music, and really enjoying being out there and, and seeing if something affected me or reminded me of someone to try to touch them in a way that they touched me that year. And, and that really became my favorite day of all the days leading up to Christmas. And last year... Christmas changed for me one more time in a way that I don't think it will ever change for me again. Um, leading up to last year again, I, I made sure to, to take that week off and, and do my shopping. And I was going through my mall experience and having as much fun as possible. While at the same time, there was something very deep and sad going on with me and my family. Um, my dad was very ill and we knew going into that Christmas that this would most likely be the last time we would be together with my dad on Christmas. So we were going to spend Christmas day at my dad's absolute favorite place. If there was one place my dad loved being the most, it was home. He loved being home for a holiday to him going out to a restaurant or going out anywhere was just a dreadful thought because to him, holiday, family, everything was about being home. And there was nothing more he enjoyed than being home. And we were going to spend this Christmas at his house. So I woke up Christmas morning and, you know, whoever stayed over my house, I went downstairs to start making breakfast for whoever had stayed over. And then we were going to get ready and go to my dad's. And just as I pulled out the eggs and the stuff to make French toast, my phone rang. And I had just found out that my dad had been rushed to the hospital by ambulance, uh, most likely was suffering a heart attack. Of course, dropped everything I was doing, um, threw on whatever clothes I could and rushed to the hospital. And we were in the emergency room. We spoke to the doctor, and at this point, my dad's liver had pretty much failed um, about a month ago. His kidneys were operating purely on dialysis three times a week, and while dialysis keeps the body function going, it slowly drains the life out of you. So his, his organs were, were ceasing, and at this point, it was taking a huge toll on his heart, which the only two things really functioning at this point were his heart and his mind and thank god for that and as we sat there christmas day in the hospital here we were not in the one place my father wanted to be and we had to turn the hospital into home we had to somehow 
make that place home for my dad. And we had to fight showing our emotion on our face and give him no indication of what we had just found out from the doctor, which was most likely um, my dad was going to pass any any day. Uh, he was literally moment to moment. And it was at that time I found myself turning into that little kid again, you know, looking out the window for a Christmas miracle. And I started to pray for one thing. There was one gift I wanted more than anything in life. And I remember thinking when I was a kid, if I prayed for anything, you know, for any gift, toy, whatever it was, if there was any point in life I ever looked up and, and hoped to get something, this was the one gift I wanted more than anything. And looking at my dad, I knew the one thing that my dad loved most in this world, in this lifetime. There was one thing that meant more to him than anything else, and that was my mom. My dad loved my mom unconditionally and with absolute everything he had in his heart. Nothing meant more to my dad than my mom. Everything he did, all of his motivation, all of his desires to succeed came from his love for my mom. And he grew up, he knew my mom as a kid. His younger sister was friends with my mom. And it took his younger sister, my Aunt Lucy, to kind of hint to my mom at the time that my dad had a crush on her. And it was the only woman that my dad ever had a crush on or ever looked at in his entire life. And on Christmas Day last year, my dad was smart enough to know what was going on. And I saw him look at my mom and a feeling had come over him that I could read. It was a sadness that he was somehow letting my mom down by not being there anymore for her. And my dad would have done anything to make sure my mom was okay to her last day. And, and by knowing he was leaving her early, it was just such a huge disappointment for him. And for him, I know it, it was a feeling of failing. And it was that look and that exchange that I saw that made me pray for this one gift. My mom's birthday is January 6th, and here we were on December 25th, and, and, and the doctor's looking at us telling us how my dad can go um, really any day. And I looked at the, the doctor, and I said, you know, what are the odds he's going to make it to January 6th? And the doctor looked at me quizzically, and I said, it's my mom's birthday. I would like my dad to be here for her last or one last birthday with my mom and he looked at me and he said it's very unlikely and I remember thinking and praying with everything I had 
to whatever power there was in this universe that can make it happen to give me this Christmas miracle. Have my dad be able to make it for one more birthday for my mom and make it in a way where he wasn't just lying in a bed and with hospice care and, you know, just nothing more than a beating heart in a body. And sure enough, I got that gift. And my dad made it. He made it to her birthday. And it was right after that that he deteriorated faster than we could ever imagine. And he was in the hospital the entire time from Christmas all through her birthday. And with about three days left in my dad's life, he was able to utter the words, home. He wanted to go home one last time. He he knew it, his time was here. And again, his favorite place to be was home. And we talked to the hospital and, and they said he, he really need to go to hospice care. And we said, no, let him let him pass at home. And we knew it was his favorite place. And that was one of my other wishes was that my dad at least get to go home one more time. And he did. And on January 11th last year, my dad left us and he was able to do so in his home. And it's because of last year, it's because of that prayer, that final request being answered. I'm here to tell you there is a Santa Claus. This is an unbelievable holiday. Christmas Day is a day of great joy. And at the same time, not everyone is experiencing that joy out there. There are people going through things that make it a challenge. And Santa doesn't visit every house. Not everyone's prayer is answered. Um, and there are people out there that are disconnected from what the Christmas spirit is. I was one of those people. And don't look at those people as mean people, nasty people. Greet them. Smile for them. Give them something that maybe they're missing, that maybe they'll find some other time and and be able to enjoy it as you do. And whether or not you're you're of Christian faith or not, it I don't think that's what matters here. I think what matters here is this is really a season that's supposed to be filled with joy. And when you go to the malls, yes, there are people that are frustrated and they're waiting in line and and it's it's a battle to get whatever that gift is. And if you see that happening and you're not one of those people, you have got to be the person to smile. You have got to be the person to show them what it's really about. Be Santa. Be what this holiday is supposed to be about. Help those people see. And maybe it's because I was one of those people for such a long time I can relate and understand. I don't know. Maybe that's what gave me the insight. And, and believe me, after last year, I've come to know. And, and this year I noticed going to a mall, 
and shopping wasn't really the same for me. Um, gift giving this year wasn't really the same for me because I, I came to learn last year more than ever, more than ever, you really can't put a smile on someone's face and fill someone's heart with a gift the way you can just by being there. And the gift that was the greatest gift for me was something that, yes, it was for me because it was a selfish gift of wanting to see my mom and dad together for one more birthday from my mom. But it was about seeing something for somebody else. It was about seeing someone else's happiness. And that's really what this is about. And the way sometimes to do that is just to pray that that person is surrounded by the love that they need. And, and that's what this holiday is about. And growing up as a, as a kid, I never... You know, again, growing up an Italian immigrant, I was never read the story. It was the night before Christmas. It was something that, you know, I, I didn't really know about. I knew, I knew of the story. I knew of how it began. But it was something that was not really a part of my upbringing. And then one year I read it. And it was an unbelievable story. And it's it's a great story. And if you don't have the book in your house, if you can't get access to it online or if you would rather not have someone in your family read it to you because it's awkward for that person to read it or no one wants to be the person to read it out loud, well, maybe what you could do is put this on the computer, iPod, and allow me to read it for you. So my Christmas gift to you is to read The Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore. "'Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his courses they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with the obstacle, mount to the sky. 
So up to the housetop, the courses they flew with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and I was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but he went straight to his work and filled all the stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh to give his team a great whistle and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. I wish for all of you an unbelievable Christmas miracle, whatever it may be. I hope that you have the happiness that fills your heart like the one that filled my heart last year. I wish you all an unbelievable Christmas, again, whatever denomination. I hope this season brings you the happiness that lacked in my life for many years, but has come back to fill it. Merry Christmas, everyone.